Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Tuesday afternoon. It means it's time for a conversation with Rob Gray before we get to Matt Campbell's weekly press conference. Rob, uh, what's up, man? Not a whole lot. Just another game week uh, after a big win uh, against the Cowboys on Saturday and uh, getting back into the swing of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right, let's hop right into this game against West Virginia. Obviously, it's a... you know, a team that Matt Campbell talks about how much respect he has. He, he talks about how much respect he has for everybody, I guess. But, uh, you know, right away when you look at this West Virginia team with head coach Neil Brown, obviously the thing that jumps out to you is the, the prolificness of their rushing attack uh, with Letty Brown, one of the better backs in uh, in the Big 12, I, you know, I'd say even in the country. Um, you know, I think that that's really kind of where everything starts when you look at this West Virginia team, uh, you know, as far as, uh, Iowa state's concerned from a game plan perspective. Yeah, for sure. And a guy that, uh, you know, if you're not, if your game plan's not right, and if guys are out of, out, out of, out of where they, the spots they should be in, uh, can really do some damage. Uh, I, I do think Iowa State has done a tremendous job of being in the right places uh, generally this season. Uh, when the opponents have gotten some big runs or big gains, it's just because of a missed tackle or two. Um, but I think overall they've been pretty good at, 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 uh, at tackling if you look at the whole um, sum of the season. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a big challenge. I mean, so was, uh, so was Warren last week and plenty more to come. But, I trust in this Haycock-led uh, defense, uh, especially in uh, forcing teams to throw the football that want to run it. So we'll see if that holds up uh, in a tough place to play there in Morgantown. Yeah, and you have to think that if the if they're able to force West Virginia to throw the ball, then it's going to be a, a long day for the Mountaineers, I would think. Um, you know, then you, you flip it over the Iowa State offense going up against this West Virginia defense. You know, maybe not the star power that West Virginia has had uh, on that side of the football here in recent years, but, you know, still a, a pretty good unit, some veteran guys in the secondary uh, and somebody, you know, that's been able to give some teams some trouble. Obviously, they hung right with Oklahoma, uh, you know, beat up on TCU here this past weekend, but, um, you know, still a solid group on the other side for them as well. Well, yeah, and they, they haven't always um... – you know, prevented teams from scoring. A, uh, but they, look, as you said, very stout. I was very impressed with how they played against Oklahoma. If the offense had been able to get anything going, I think they they steal that win. Um, it, it, kind of the perfect test for the Cyclones after such a quote-unquote big win, which they'll never call it that. They'll just call it another game, and now they're, here's another game. And it's the right approach to take. Um, again, tough place to play. Uh, our friend Randy Peterson asked Coach Campbell about that. And said, so from his perspective, it doesn't seem that daunting. And then Coach Campbell said, well, yeah, maybe not for you, but uh, it is for us. Um, just because of the passion of those fans, kind of the only game in town kind of thing, kind of like in Ames, kind of like in Manhattan. Uh, just uh, fans on top of you. They're really into it. They know their football because they live and breathe uh, West Virginia football. Uh, so it, it's going to be the type of test that the Cyclones, again, have to, not only eight players have to play their A games, but the whole team does. You know, their defense is good enough that if you're imprecise, if you're settling for field goals, or if you get the penalty, uh, the holding penalty after a big first down, you might not be able to overcome it as easily against them, uh, even though the Cyclones have shown a great uh, propensity for being able to do that the last few weeks. Um, And then again, that running game, if uh, they find ways to be creative with it and, 
confuse the Cyclones a little bit and, and, and Letty gets some big gains, then, you know, you're on your heels a little bit. That's just you have to avoid against a team like this who you're better than, but not as much better than as maybe some people think. Um, Got to avoid getting getting knocked back like 10 nothing or something like that. Obviously, what it comes down to is always the, the turnovers and, and, and those sorts of things. But uh, Cyclones have been so clean in that regard lately. I, I feel pretty confident about this game, but but West Virginia is a scary team and they're fighting to, you know, keep themselves in the middle of the pack of the, of the conference. And they're certainly not a team that you expect to, to blow out, even if you do play your A game. Absolutely. All right. Not a ton more to get to. Uh, not an overly exciting press conference this week. Uh, but what, what all is going to be your focus this week uh, as far as content? Well, I'll have a notebook later today or early this evening, led off with uh, Jared Hufford, the guy who's coming to start a tackle in face of, uh, in uh, play, place of uh, Sean Foster and just kind of what his what journey's been like. I guess he had knee surgery last season, which slowed him. Then he plays well in the Fiesta Bowl and then he gets COVID this spring. Uh, has to work his way back from that. But a guy who, you know, they have a lot of trust in uh, coach Campbell said he's played tremendously and, and you can tell the guys really like him. So kind of featuring him and what he's meant to that offensive line and, and uh, his story a little bit, obviously a little bit injury update, but he didn't say Mike Rose coach Campbell said he's confident he'll play, but it would be his 46th straight start. I believe if he is able to start there in Morgantown and a few other notes. And I think Orion Vance is finally, you know, I don't know if he, in a season like this, I don't know if he ever gets to 100%, but he's playing really well. And uh, Coach Campbell had a lot of glowing things to say about him. Trace his journey a little bit uh, as we advance the game and and uh, tie it in. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of what's happening on my end. All right, you guys will be able to hear more about that kind of stuff here from Coach Campbell uh, when we come back on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. All right, guys, obviously we'll get rolling. Um, you know, I think I said last night on the show, great challenge for our football team. I think again this week, can we continue to grow? Um, and we're going to have to. I think a really talented football team that we're about to face, a team that's got elite skill at uh, almost every position on the football field and, and really playing good football right now. So with that said, we'll turn it over to you. Yeah, Matt, where do you look to in, in, in that respect? Where do you look to on your, on your team from coming off the most physically pounding game you've played this year, best game, um, to the, you know, I don't want to say a grueling road trip because you're chartering an airplane, but, but nonetheless, the, a long road trip. Yeah. Who, who do you look to for lead guidance on that? Yeah, I think you look to the same people that have gotten you to this point, and that's the leadership of our football team. And, you know, I think they're the ones that we're fortunate to have veteran leadership that have been through these experiences before, understand the man, the grind of the season and the ability to know that your growth and your success is going to come with your ability to grow, even though, man, this is the time of year where, you know, a lot of people, it's hard for them to continue to get better because mentally they're worn out, physically they're worn out. All those things can be great excuses, but at the end of the day, nobody really cares. What they do care about is can you continue to navigate and grow through it? And the only way you're going to do it is if the leadership of the football team buys into that. And I think certainly it starts with us as coaches and it trickles down to our seniors and the veteran leadership in our program. And so I think really a, a week like this is on their shoulders. How do you act? How do you respond? And how do you continue to grow and get better? And if our great players do that um, and our veteran players do that, then I think our football team will certainly follow their lead. Any update on Mike? 
No, I, I think, you know, it seemed really good yesterday. Um, you know, I, I think we feel very confident that he'll play in the football game. And, um, you know, I don't think it's a issue that's going to be very long or very, um, you know, I think it's one of those things that it's probably more day to day than it is anything else. What is the what is he dealing with? Yeah, you know, just dealing with just a couple things, you know, almost more so structurally than there than he is anything in terms of a break or a sprain or anything like that. I think just kind of some nerve stuff that he's dealing with, but but really um, responded fantastic. Was awesome on Sunday and was tremendous yesterday. I think it was after Saturday you talked about the defense being able to gang tackle really well. That seems like a fundamental thing, but how important is it that you've got you know, 11 guys flying to the ball? Yeah, I think it, it's it's the key to our success. You know, I think a lot of people over the last, last couple of years have talked about maybe some of the things we've tried to do schematically. Um, and really, I, I don't think that's what we've done the best. What we've done the best is, man, the standard of our defense is 11 guys running the football in every play. And if, our, if we're willing to do that with great consistency, then great things have the ability to happen. And, you know, even at the end of that game this past weekend, you know, the ability to run to the football Ball, Sheen running to the ball to help Kamani, and then everybody else coming, um, you know, really was a huge impact in the football game and, and maybe a difference at the end result. So I think those are things have been a blueprint for us from day one, and, and our kids have rallied around that. The one on one tackling, I think, has been really good for the most part this season. Is that a a validation for you guys of how you did things in the spring and summer where you don't need to beat the hell out of each other to be good tacklers? Yeah, I, I would hope that, you know, in, in some way, shape, or form that that happens. Now, you know, again, different team. There's a lot of veteranness on this football team that has played in those moments in those games. So maybe this group, maybe, you know, we didn't need to have some of that um, experience because there was a lot of that built-in experience to be able to be able to be a good tackling football team. Um, but I would say this too, our young guys have tackled really well. You know, the guys that have come in, Kamani King, Craig McDonald, those young guys, Eric Horn, those guys have played good football and tackled really well for us as well. So I think we'll evaluate that at the end of the football season. But I do think that's an area for us that we've improved on um, and feel very confident about right now. We've talked a lot about A players playing A football this season. But who are some players who maybe aren't necessarily you didn't think would be A players, but have played A football this year? Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I think you know, you talk about some of those glue guys in our, in our program right now on team. I, you know, I, I think Jared Hufford on the offensive line has continued to show up and play, man, tremendous football for us. Jared Russ is a guy that, I mean, boy, has been a key to our success on our football team this season for us. Um, you know, Darren Wilson's a guy that, man, his day's coming, I feel like, you know, I mean, he's played tremendous for us. What what happens from a receiver standpoint, you don't maybe get some of the production, but boy, what he's done from a blocking and, and assignment and detail standpoint has been exceptional and he's played really good football. And I think you flip over on the other side of the ball and, you know, on the defensive side, you know, Kamani, we've talked a lot about, I think has, has played tremendous for us. Zach Peterson has been, you know, nothing short of exceptional. And, and then you know, I think the special teams portion of things, Andrew Mevis is proving to be an A football player. You know, I think that was a really tough journey for us. 
um, really not knowing, knowing that he was a tremendous talent. Um, but, you know, I, I talked again, guy that got dinged up at the end of spring, guy that was really kind of restricted through all of fall camp and, you know, really didn't get to see who he was or what he had the ability to do really till the first part of the season. But, uh, you know, has proven to be an A player for us and, and kind of a uh, glue guy for us, certainly on special teams with all he's doing for us right now. And then I, I would say some of those young freshmen, you know, Joey Peterson, uh, Bo Freiler, you know, Miles Purchase, those guys in our special teams units have really been some of our best players, you know, so far this year for us. So really proud of those guys as well. Matt, after the game on Saturday, both you and Brock used the word trust and belief a lot with Xavier. I'm curious in your time here, how much is trust, you know, maybe the most important quality in a number one receiver, maybe outside, you know, highlight catches and coming up big? Yeah, I, I would say trust is the number one quality of our program, period. Um, I, I don't care what it is or who you are or what it's about. I, I think that's what's allowed us to just even have an inkling of success here is the ability to have trust throughout our program. And I think when you when that value system carries over to plays on the field, there's only so many and there's only one football. And I think you want to try to as you know, whether it's the coach or the quarterback, you want to deliver the ball to the people that you feel absolutely confident that are going to have the ability to make the play when the ball comes their way. And, you know, obviously Xavier from day one that he's come into our program from a trust standpoint of who he is, his work ethic. I, th I think Randy and I talked maybe in, man, two months after Xavier was here and I was raving about the work ethic, the character when Xavier got here to where we are today. And now you're seeing this, this player who I really think if you go back and watch every game he's played here, maybe other than that Louisiana game where he was kind of getting his footing underneath him, he's been nothing short of exceptional for us. And so, yeah, I, I think that value system is huge. And, and how is trust earned? I think it's earned daily. And, you know, unfortunately, that's a word, too, that can be taken away really fast as well. But, uh, man, X has been tremendous to just continue to stack and build tremendous trust in our program. Talking about West Virginia, they have had a, they've had a couple of games that have been that could go either way. You know, against like Oklahoma, Maryland, teams like that. What have you seen from West Virginia that's allowed them to be so competitive in those games? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think this West Virginia team is one of the, the most talented teams that we've played. Um, I think they're a team that's as up and coming as anybody in our conference. So you, there's a lot of youth on this roster right now, but boy, oh boy, is there a lot of talent. Um, some of the best skill players in our conference across the board at the receiver position, you know, some physicality, the tight end position, elite tailback, um, two quarterbacks that are playing really good football for them, a young but extremely talented offensive line. And then, man, you flip over on the defensive side and, you know, you talk about the experience of their secondary, the guys that have played a lot of football for them, um, the linebacking core. And then, man, this young, talented defensive line, maybe as talented as any young team in our conference and really playing good football. You can tell they're confident and they'll be ready to rock and roll for sure. We asked Brees about Jared Hufford, who I guess he was a freshman roommate of, and, and he called him, quote, a different cat, unquote. And then I asked Schweiger about it, and he said, I guess we're all kind of different cats. Um, what makes him different from an enthusiasm standpoint and also from a technical and skill standpoint that he's given you? Yeah, you know, first of all, the, the, the great quality Jared has is he's from Ohio. So that's a huge positive. So we, <laughs> we, we, we know that that was a surefire win and maybe that makes him a little bit different in his own right. Um, but, you know, Jared's got this unbelievable personality. You know, he's got a man, he's got a great father and stepmother at home that, um, 
you know, I think have given Jared a lot of belief. He's from a great high school football program, one of the one of the great high school traditions in the state of Ohio. And, you know, I, I think learning from great coaches, their work ethic and toughness, those are things that were non-negotiable. And, you know, I think Jared's got this very happy-go-lucky personality. But boy, is it really important to play football? Yes. Does he want to be the best? Yes. And, you know, I think the qual those qualities have, have served him well because easily I think he could have been discouraged, you know, along the way. He was very talented early on. Still, you know, there was a lot of growth for him in terms of um, his high school football program is a little bit on the smaller school size in the state of Ohio. And so, you know, elite run running the ball, you know, some of the pass game stuff was a little bit foreign early on and, and that's kind of been part of his transition process from high school to college and so I think his ability to stay the course really learn those skills and that craft and really start to kind of press forward and, and I, we really saw that a year ago I mean he's got really good length in his arms he's as physical as any of our offensive linemen are and I think one of the things that that Jared possessed is that staying power that allowed him that even though he wasn't maybe getting those reps early last season when we needed Jared Hufford the most and that's in the Fiesta Bowl and you're talking about elite defensive line and he's got to step in and go play um, and then you watch how he played in that game I think that was kind of a huge chip for him in terms of our staff saying man I think this guy's really ready to, to take a huge step forward and then you know again not being satisfied and going back to work this offseason I think one of the great gainers in terms of what happened between January and, and really August and then the same thing you know the season starts we're still trying to find mix and match and I think his staying power again of man probably could have been frustrated maybe felt like could it was should he have been the starter right away what did he do but he earned it and he went he went to work and he earned the right to be the starter and you know I mean really the last two games has played tremendous for us so you know really proud of him um, I think the the probably the biggest difference is man uh, he, here's a guy that's got great values at home uh, that's got great staying power in a world we all want instant gratification has been willing to stay the course and fight for what he what he really wanted to do and he's earned everything he's gotten so far and orion as his snap count has gone up you know we go from asking when will he be able to play and now he's playing as a senior can you talk about his journey and just yeah. how he's showing up for you right now Jeez, yeah you know i i talked about orion in our team meeting yesterday um you know orion's got to play must be the the second to last drive of the game and and we we bring pressure they actually run the perfect call offensively against it and he really his drop is a lead off a of number two and he's got the ability where the quarterback wants to go where he should go but he can't make it because Orion's exactly where he needs to be when he needs to be there and I think that's what you talk about setter, senior veteran leadership a guy doing the little thing that nobody else sees but man that might have been the difference in the football game very well and you know the next two plays Will has sack, sack and man they're able to punt the ball and you know we kind of know how it goes from there but it's that play in my opinion the perfect call offensively against maybe what could have been the worst call defensively and yet Orion Vance makes the play in the moment and you know I think that's what's so special about Orion and I think he would be a guy that would tell you his story here I mean a guy that has been you know started off academically um, you know maybe not the most important thing and leaving 
here graduating with over a 375 GPA, um, a guy that his last you know five semesters here was above a 3.5 GPA, a guy that has really you saw reach your full potential in every way, shape, and form on the field in the classroom, who he is in the community, he's he's reached his full potential. And so for us, I think everybody here very, very proud of him. Everybody here really excited that he is healthy because he's a key piece of our success for sure. Will is half a sack away from breaking Jaquan's uh, career sack record. I'm interested just when you guys were recruiting him, did you see him having this ability? I mean, Coach Gundy last week said he's the type of player that has the ability to control a game on the edge. Yeah, you know, I think for Will, my my favorite piece of it, I, I'll never forget meeting Will for the first time. We're over at Hilton at a basketball game and um, sitting in, in one of the offices, and he had come down with his high school football coach to one of our – to really this first visit. And his basketball film was probably what intrigued me more than anything initially. Um, you know, I saw this – unbelievably talented basketball player and uh, probably a guy that in a lot of ways looked like a, probably a, a low-level Division One football or basketball player at the time, a guy that just great explosion, great score, great leaping ability. And then you turn on the football video and it's like, man, this guy's not afraid, can really run. And you didn't know, maybe he's a great tight end, maybe he's a great um, outside linebacker, just didn't know exactly where he was going to fit. But I think we knew he was dynamic playmaker of some sort and just so happened it's going to be a defensive end but to say, did you know what he was going to become? No. Did you know what his spirit was? Did you know what he was about? Did you know he had elite athleticism? Yeah, I think we had a really good idea about that. But boy, Will's done an incredible job for us. Uh, Craig probably played as much as he has in his career yeah. on Saturday. What's allowed him to work into that rotation? Yeah, I, I, I think for, for Craig, uh, taking advantage of his opportunity a little bit, you know, when Kamani kind of was has been dinged up a little bit the last couple weeks and, you know, the, the Kansas State game, you know, just really wasn't able to kind of function with a little bit of that club on his, on his hand. You know, we moved Greg to the field and brought Craig in and his ability to go make plays was, I think, a huge confidence booster, not only for himself, but I think for us as a staff, I think everybody just really excited for Craig. Craig's one of those guys in our program, again, that's worked really, really hard to get and earn an opportunity to perform on the field. And I think what he did with his opportunity at Kansas State has given him more. And, you know, I think, you know, again, same thought process a little bit last Saturday. Kamani's still not 100% and felt really confident with Craig going in. And I think we were rewarded for it because Craig played outstanding in this past week. Uh, um, Go ahead, Jack. How big is, uh, is it to have those young guys who have some of that versatility to step in and do that? I mean, obviously, that's a better yeah. group, but you still had a handful of those guys that came in and made big play. Yeah, and I, I think that'll be our story the rest of the way. You know, like I, this, this college football season so different than last year, depth. Man, guys that are going to be ready when their their name gets called. I think that'll be the difference. You know, we know our sport is a sport that's going to challenge the depth of your roster. You know, I just don't think you're you're going to be lucky enough to go through an entire season and not have bumps and bruises and guys dinged up. And so, you know, for us, that recruiting piece of it, that development piece of it, and then guys mentally, man, did you stay the course? I think it's really hard this time of year to stay the course. You, if you haven't played a whole lot in seven or eight games, like, man, are you still coming to work? 
work every day to be the best version of yourself. Those those teams and those individuals, man, that get that opportunity. And some of those guys, there's going to be probably a player or two or three that are going to get that that maybe haven't played yet or a ton yet because of injury are going to be forced to play. And for our team and for them, that's going to show a little bit of who are who we are and who they are. And and the guys that take advantage of their moments usually get rewarded with more moments and more opportunity so far. So you know, I think that's Craig's standpoint. I think it's been big for us. Chase told me a while back, I don't know, sometime this summer maybe, I don't remember when, um, that West Virginia is the toughest place for him to play. Mm-hmm. For, you know, he's been around to play. Why? Well, I mean, it doesn't seem that daunting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, may, maybe not to you. I think to the rest of us. Um, you know, I, I, I think, in, and I probably can relate enough to it growing up in that area, that I think just the fan base there, I think the passion that the people and the fans of West Virginia have for their Mountaineers being the only show in the state, the only show in town, um, it, it's a hard place to play. And, and I think their passion, their love, and their you know, fanatical about their team um, makes it a great challenge. You know it's going to be a packed house. You know it's really important to everybody in that state and their families. And I, I think it does make it a really special place to go play college football. And I think it also can be a, challenge, a challenging place to play college football. How far was that from yeah, probably about two hours. Did you go? A, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit as a young kid for sure. Last week or Saturday, um, Will talked about Jaquan really teaching him everything he knows. Around- That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. I'm going to have to investigate that quote. <laughs> at, at what point does your culture become self-sustaining? We've seen your speeches, but when they see it in action, is that when you can trust that it's self-sustaining in that aspect? Yeah, I I hope so. You know, I I think that's something that we challenge our older guys in our program is, man, can you leave this program in a better place than you found it? And I think when you take that approach as a leader or a senior in our program and the ability to give more of yourself than you take from the whole, then I think that's when you have a chance to be hugely impactful and you can continue the success of your program. And, you know, I I think if we can continue to understand that and value that, um, then I think those are things to me, that's what creates long-term sustainability. And um, we've been fortunate to have, especially the last couple of years, some great senior classes that have really put it on their shoulders to make sure they did everything in their power to leave it better than they found it. Um, And I think, you know, even this year, I, I, I think one of the, probably the greatest prides that I take is watching our seniors work through really hard um, and really work together to make it better, better than they found it and not make it about them. And that's been really fun to watch so far. And then with Xavier, we, we've seen what he can do on the field, but talking to him about family life away from it, <laughs> how much did you know about you know his background and, and how much he was shaped as an individual off the field? Yeah, I think quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I think to me, Xavier, one of the things, as you can tell, talking to him is he's got this incredible spirit and he's also not afraid of where he's come from. And he, I think one of the best appreciations maybe that I have for Xavier and his family. His, he's got a mother that's been a rock in his life. Um, she embodies that same spirit. She kind of has that same smile and that same energy and that same passion for life um, that Xavier's had. And, and it's not been easy for her either. And yet I think her and Xavier have been able to weather the storm. He's got a great father. Um, but, you know, I, I, I just think the spirit of those two to be able to work through hard times growing up um, and in their own lives and the ability 
to overcome it. I think it's kind of led to this man that he's become now. And um, I, I, what he does on the field is really awesome. What he's done in our, our wide receiver room, what he's done in, in the wide receiver room is always tricky because there's probably half of the guys that think they should be catching the ball or need the ball or want the ball, and there's only one football. And then he's the guy that's getting the ball, but yet to be the guy that's leading those around him and kind of, man, just making sure that everybody's staying the course. He, he's maybe done as good a leadership job of any of our seniors this year for us as well. So, um, you know, he's just, he, he's a great player, greater person, and greater heart. What he's about and certainly what he's done is just nothing short of exceptional so we're really proud of him but yeah I knew a lot about the Xavier story Matt I, I was gone last weekend so if you were asked this on Saturday feel free to brush past it but um I saw the video after the game of you escorting Spencer Sanders off the field yeah. uh I, it made me think about the Texas game last year when you went out to the kicker uh, I can't remember his name but what do you think that's like for an opposing player after a game, a crushing loss for the first person they see not to be one of their teammates or their own coaches, but the opposing head coach. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the situation on Saturday was just unique in its own right. You know, I think, gosh, I mean, even for myself, you're overwhelmed. There's a stadium. You haven't been where people are. There's people coming on the field. I think the biggest thing was, you know, this young man just played an incredible football game, which he did. He was exceptional on Saturday. And, you know, I, I, I certainly wanted to congratulate him on an incredible performance. And he's been such a great competitor against us for the last couple of years. And, you know, I, I felt for him because I see all these guys, people coming. And I think the instantaneously it was like, man, I got to get this young man off the field and make sure he's safe. And so I, I think that was the biggest thing, you know, and I know that was a challenging environment just with the amount of stuff that was going on. But, um, you know, we, we were able to get him out of there. and you know, a ton of respect for who he is and what he's about. A lot of the talk lately, Matt, has been about this offense and Brock, and rightfully so, but this defense has continually been so consistent, not letting a team get above 300 yards total. As you continue this six-game stretch against you know, really good opponents in tough environments, what more are you hoping to see to kind of get to a level where you think is complete and 100%? Well, I, I still think for us, it, it really isn't about offense. It really isn't about defense. Um, you know, it, it is really about us playing the three phases of our, our sport in great continuity, in playing great complementary football. Um, you even look to the game on Saturday. Boy, there was times where we really had the ability to seize the momentum and the flow of the game, and we didn't. And, you know, how do we continue to find those inches and pound away at that? And, you know, you're you may never always be perfect in that in that role. Um, but, man, I think you're always searching to find that. And, you, you know, the more you can play in continuity and really play off of each other, the better team you're going to have the opportunity to be. And um, we know that that's our answer for success. So, you know, I think just constantly trying to find that on both phases and then in the game, making the adjustments to make sure, OK, we're complimenting each other. You talked to Saturday about Tariq Milton. Xavier did, too. Uh, what's it say about a guy who's not seeing a high snap share, who's stuck with it, and, and maybe what's kept him from seeing that? Yeah, we, we talked a lot about that after the game, too. I mean, just for Tariq, I mean, that guy has had so many battles, you know, from, you know, physical to the mental battle that it can have when you're physically kind of constantly beat up over the last two years. And, you know, the talent that Tariq has, the ability that he has, and the growth that he has made in our football program 
is nothing short of exceptional. And to see in the biggest moment of the season so far, there's Tariq Milton making a huge play in a huge moment. Um, I just think it, it says so much about the character of Tariq. I think it shows the young guys in the program. Here's what staying power looks like. Here's what it looks like, even though you may not be getting exactly what you want or as much as what you want, and yet your number gets called and you are ready for the benefit of the team. And, you know, again, I, that's our sport. It's team sport. And, you know, I think what a huge team moment and a great example for everybody in our, our culture and our program to watch this young man stand up and even though it's been frustrating times, still have the ability to work through it and be ready when his number was called. Now you talked about the elite skill this team has. What stands out about what makes their running game so effective? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it all, all starts in, in really two areas. I think for sure it starts with an elite tailback. I mean, you're, you're talking about a year ago, this guy was neck and neck, him and Brees, for the conference rushing title. And, you know, you're talking about a young man that's got elite vision, big, powerful, strong, and can, can really run. And then, you know, I think schematically, they do a great job, really good offensive line. They've got good tight ends. They're physical at the point of attack. And, you know, they try to challenge you in every way, shape, and form in the running game. Thank you. Thank you.